You know what song has been in my head oh, all gosh. week? I don't. Wrong, yo, wrong, baby, yo, wrong, girl, you're wrong, baby, girl, yo, wrong, yo. <laughs> Damn. I was wrong. You were so wrong. Yo, you were super duper wrong. I was very wrong. Yeah. So here's the thing. Of course, I was wrong about Taylor Swift and Travis uh-huh. Kelsey being a stunt. And before you turn it off, I understand True. there is a whole function of the population, a faction of the population that's very tired of this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing already. They watched it all over Sunday Night Football. They're tired of hearing it. Please don't fast forward because yeah. I do want to tell you. We're sick of it too. <laughs> we are. But we promised Gary. Yeah. That part of what this podcast would be is also sort of revealing how the sausage is made. Correct. And this has been a great lesson, not just for me, a reminder, but for everybody about how quickly things really get out of control. Mm -hmm. I, 12, 13 days ago, when we originally talked about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift on this show, absolutely did not feel like they were dating. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You were adamant. I was adamant. You were you were like based on the information at the time. I was like, man, they're playing too coy. This just isn't. I'm connecting dots. No, he has never met that woman. Yeah, he's never met that woman. One hundred percent. Then Sunday comes and she's at Arrowhead and she's hanging with mom and it just all seemed a little bit too much like a Capital One commercial to me. And so again, no. And then I saw the video and I felt super vindicated. And then I felt more vindicated the next day when Travis Kelsey on his own podcast was like, yeah, it was fun. It was ballsy. It was it just all seemed like a stunt. And let me be clear. When I say stunt, I don't mean they purposely tried to fabricate a relationship for views or publicity. I thought it was a stunt like Joel Embiid tweets at Rihanna and then, oh, she shows up on him and is flirting with him courtside. Oh. She actually called his bluff. That's the kind of stunt I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I was super wrong. And at what point did you realize your wrongness? I realized actually pretty early on, again, as we reveal sort of how stories are made. Yes. Because we are privy to people who have information. Sure. And being good friends, I had some of these insiders go, hey, L. I know you're having fun with this, but you're wrong. They know each other. They have known each other. Whatever it is that you think is happening is not happening. They met before Sunday. Damn, that's crazy. You got friends like that? I do. You got friends who give you the dirt. I got friends who think I'm the one who, who has the info. I'm like, no, no. But I got friends. Her name's Elle. He's got friends. He's in. got friends of friends. Uh, you're the one that's got all the hot goss. I yeah. come to you for the sure, hot goss. Typically. But here's the thing. When we did this show on Monday and I joked that I'm going to die on this hill and I think I said it again on Thursday yeah. and I just kept saying, I'm going to die on this hill. And yeah. it was mostly in jest. Uh-huh. I realized very quickly the evidence was pointing to the contrary, that this was not a stunt at all and that they were actually seeing each other. They're kicking. But just, you know, I was like, I'm going to die on this hill. You know, I'm going to do my best Skip Bayless impersonation and refuse to hold this L. I'm going to... Because these are the hills you can die on, right? Like, they don't really matter. It's not that big of a deal. You certainly don't want to die on the hill of, like, election denying. But you can die on this hill. But then I had a turn of heart because I'm starting to realize the company that I'm keeping, the people who are also dying on the hill with me, Uh and I don't want to die with them. 
Yeah, you're because you're bringing them with you. Well, they've turned it. it and it's they're not become, ready. Well, it's turned into something that is not at all what I said, right? Uh-huh. Like now I'm, you know, I've got people now that are like, yeah, I'm with L. Taylor Swift sucks as a person. Never said Straight that. Up. Yeah, they're reading between the tea leaves. They're like, they, I think this is what L is trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with L. These are horrible people, and they should go. I never said, and I don't, I don't want to be the global face of sure. dissent for Taylor Swift. Because you were quickly gaining that identity. Oh, it's like in the New York Post a, oh, was deeming you the, as such. The mirror. Awful announcing. The mirror in in Great Britain. Like the UK literally wrote a story about Damn, me you made it be- global? I, that's what I'm saying. That's I have be- crazy. I become the global face of dissent and I'm that's like, okay, awesome. I can't play this bit anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't claim to die on this hill. You guys, no. It there's nothing wrong with being wrong when you are me and you unabashedly say things. Sometimes you're going to have to step it and yep. apologize. But this is also, remember, a reminder, Gary, I don't know these people. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, based on everything that I know about Taylor Swift, these are like my two worlds colliding, yes. pop culture and sports. I'm like, I know Travis Kelsey and I know Taylor Swift and this is not her. Mm-hmm. I know everybody she's dated. I know all about her love life. I know all about her music. She doesn't do this. She doesn't date someone for five years and not mention it. And then all of a sudden she's hanging out in the suite with her and her 50 celebrity friends. Not change if there's not something behind scenery. this. But I don't Dated know this woman. Things start to change. Maybe that is Taylor Swift. And I don't know Travis Kelsey. And so to assume that based on their public persona, they could not possibly be dating was just asinine. So People not evolve. a stunt. Please, for those of you that uh, agreed with me, thank you. It was really nice to be wrong with a large group of you, but we've got to stop. It's not a stunt. And what I don't want people to do, Gary, and the reason that I'm just coming to this mea culpa and stopping with this whole bit of dying on this hill is because I don't like what is already happening to Taylor Swift. And I want to be involved in this conversation without being the contrarian. Okay, Uh so putting that aside. Do not. Do not blame Taylor Swift for being a distraction, for Travis Kelsey not playing well, for the Chiefs not playing good. No, it is not her fault. I am so tired of us doing this, and we do this to women. It's Jessica Simpson's fault Tony Romo spit the bit. Remember Kim Kardashian and Miles Austin for a hot second? It's her fault. It's always the woman's fault for distracting. Nobody's asking if Travis Kelsey is distracting her from a world tour (laughs) From the release of her, no one's saying that. And I don't like that. I don't like that all of a sudden this has become, this is too much, let's turn it on Taylor. He's distracted. Like he can't carry on a personal life and also professional life. Get out of here. He's Travis Kelsey. Stop. She's not to blame. So please stop, full stop on that narrative. Not okay. Stop. What a turn of events. You went from the global face of dissent (laughs) to now the number one supporter in L. After all of that- you know, being targeted as such, mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I am super happy my name is not on this graphic. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a show yesterday. It was, it, was, uh, it was quite a show. And all of that being said, we agree that it's, it's beginning to get OD. It's jumped the shark. It, not beginning to get, it, it's OD. When Isaiah Pacheco broke off a TD run, the first cutaway was to was, her. Was Taylor Swift? To, was to her. There was way too much money in that booth. Way too many famous people. I couldn't tell you half of them. I was like, whoever they're hugging, I bet you it smells good in that booth. Yeah. Um, but that's when I was like, okay. Like, 
peek behind the curtain, sausage being made, you know, in those production meetings, that was topic number one, two, and three. Well, yeah, they had a whole special hey, yeah, we intro. Have, we have people stationed here. We have people stationed there. We have people on arrival, people on arrival of the arrival. There was so many layers to that broadcast and the behind the scenes goings on of that production that I don't think people understood just to make sure that they hit that quota. I don't know what that quota was. The over under had hit, to have been 50. They, hit they the did. Over. They hit the but over. You know, I don't I don't mind it at all, Gary. Like when I, I think with it. I, when I think about why I started watching football when I was a kid and what I loved about football as a kid, it was for pure reasons, right? Because I wanted something to connect with my parents on yeah. Sunday or else they were going to ignore me or because I just liked the color orange. <laughs> Whatever it was that drew me to football, it drew me there and then I stuck around for my whole life. So funny. if there is a new generation of young girls or Taylor Swift fans who really never cared about football and are now watching Sunday Night Football, who gives a damn why they came, right? Like, who cares why they came? Because maybe in a perfect world, that game, which ended up being a good game, nobody thought that it would be. Game. Maybe it, it draws a fan in that says, okay, maybe I'll watch a game that Taylor Swift isn't just at. Maybe I'll watch another game. And so I'm okay with this. We can't on one hand say, oh, I'm tired of the audience blaming us, the media, for hyping people up like Colorado. And then we turn around and point to the ratings as to why. And then begrudge NBC for doing the same thing. I mean, the ratings are there. Like, if you show Taylor, the fans are coming. And so there was great interest in just her being there. I'm not mad at them at all for doing it. I think, personally, and I tweeted this, Gary, you should give so that you don't build this Taylor backlash because it's coming. I can see it right now. It's already coming. Oh, it, I, I've seen some tweets. That we're, like, we're firmly in it. We could set our clock to that one. Yes. Yeah. What you should do is have your own Taylor Swift alternate broadcast. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's We've got a million broadcasts on ESPN. Like you Manning can get cast, Monday Night Football. Go. You can get the Manning cast. You can get it in, you know, you can get uh, NFL Live sitting in a studio talking about it cast. There's a million different options. Just do just a camera on the suite. Because if I'm being honest, I don't think they went there enough. I wanted to see Blake Lively. <laughs> I wanted to see Ryan Reynolds. I want to see Hugh Jackman. You know, the, the Queen of the North was in there. No, that's that's Sophie Turner. That's crazy. We had some people in there that and they never even got by, shown that, that by themselves. Had they gone without yeah. the entourage that they that they went with? Yeah, they they are the in break people coming back from break, going out to break. They are the ones being shown. Hugh Jackman has a whole Academy Award. Instead I think of, instead of yeah, Wolverine was playing second fiddle. We didn't third even see it. third fiddle. Th Fifth. Wolverine disappeared. Fifth. Actually, okay. We're taking the second. Let's rank them. Can we rank the, the booth like in terms of Q rating, right? Yeah, For those of you that don't know, your Q score is just like your marketability score, how much public awareness there is about you. <laughs> Taylor excluded, obviously, right? We're taking Taylor out of there because oh she's obviously number one. So we had Blake Lively. Uh, For those of you that don't globally know. Globally famous? Love her. Love Blake We're Lively. Globally Actress. Score. Yep. Ryan Reynolds, of course. Sure. Deadpool, Wrexham. Husband, wife. Husband. Hugh Jackman. Yep. Good friends with Ryan Reynolds because they're oh, shooting the next Deadpool. I was like, damn, I wish. That's crazy. That's who tweeting you? Hey, by the way, Elle, I'm standing right next to Taylor. And <laughs> I feel like me and Hugh Jackman could really do some show tunes together. Anyway. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. And lastly, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. So I'm going to put Sophie Turner as last on this rankings, just from the suite. I'm going to put her as last. Okay. 
current events excluded because her and Joe Jonas have uh, been making headlines. I don't, yeah, I know. Okay. For the wrong reasons, though. I don't want her hey, to scored, climb the scored, rankings scored, just because scored. her marriage is falling okay. apart. So I would say in terms of global awareness, you would put Sophie Turner last out of that. And I'm putting Hugh Jackman. Shut! You shut. No, let me, I'm not gonna, no. The internet has accused me of yelling and being a crazy lady that screams at 40 and about stuff. And also, the internet has taken my side on a lot of our topics. It so really, I'm pretty yeah. confident about well, this. Your pretty, internet. I'm pretty. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about the internet is that it's an echo chamber. So it's all people that believe it's, you no, and follow TikTok. you. TikTok will take that thing and then just spit it to the algorithm. <laughs> It'll just be like, yo, damn your audience. Boom, pow. Wow. All right. So I'm just saying, I'm putting in that particular list. Current events included, because you can't exclude them for the purposes of this, I would put Sophie Turner ahead of Hugh Jackman as it currently sits. So you're going Hugh Jackman 5, Sophie Turner 4. Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds and then Taylor. Yes. I'm mostly with you except for that there is zero chance that Sophie Turner is more famous than Hugh Jackman. No. Fame or Q-score recognition? Q-score recognition. It's Hugh Jackman. What are you talking about? It's Sophie Turner. Ex-wife of Joe Jonas, also I understand Queen of the that. North, and also in the news right now for a divorce. I understand that. Good or bad that. press, press is press. I understand that. Hugh Jackman also in the news right now for getting divorced. Oh, uh, is Sophie and a Hugh? Oh, we're not doing that. Wait a minute. We're not doing it. Wait that. a minute. Hugh okay, Jackman no, has been. Listen, I would venture to say your average person. You line up ten people out here. And you hold up two pictures, one of Sophie Turner and one of Hugh Jackman. The odds that they're going to know Hugh Jackman much greater than Sophie Turner. The odds they're going to know Hugh Jackman's name much greater than they're going to know Sophie Turner's. They're going to say, that's the girl from Game of Thrones. And at the very least, they're going to say that's Wolverine. But they'll probably know Hugh Jackman's name. Mm -hmm. He's been in too many movies, Gary. He's, he's been around he, too he long. Is, people would say he's the greatest showman. I mean, quite, quite literally. Okay. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You had no such pun for Sophie Turner. Well, this guy ran a circus. One woman was the queen of an entire make-believe nation. Okay. So, Fair. Uh, um, and also, what about the guy from, I never watched the show, but Succession. Let's throw him in there. I know he wasn't in the suit. Uh, Jeremy Irons, I believe is his. No, that's go. not Jeremy Irons. That the, was, was Scar the, from the La Lion King. Jeremy something. The, and he yeah. He was the heir. Um, so let's, let's Kendall. Just put a, Kendall. Kendall Roy. Yeah. I didn't watch the session. It, it was too slow. Yeah. So I bailed after it's two really episodes. It's a really good show. But he wasn't in the suite, but let's just lump him in there because I can. I think we can all agree everybody in that suite was A-list. He's in there. Q-score. Where does he fall? Um, I would, I'm going to put him behind Sophie Turner. You're going to put him dead, dead last. I'm going to put him, I mean, relatively speaking, sure. but yes, out of that group, I would put him as, because- I know a lot of people's names and I, his name is escaping me. It's Jeremy something. Um, and I know Sophie Turner, so I would put him there. I'm going to put him between Hugh Jackman and Sophie Turner. <sighs> Gary, you're wrong. You're just wrong, but I'm it's okay. Q-score current. Okay, current, current Q-score. All right. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be. <laughs> what would your suite look like if you could have your own Taylor Swift celebrity suite? That'd be sick. That'd be sweet. My first invite is Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I do one day want to I really, yeah, I, I do want, I, one day I want to just unravel where this specific obsession started. I just like his music. I, I think he, he checks off many boxes. Okay. Slow, emo, pop, punk. I'm not saying he can rap or he's hip -hop, I knew you were going to go you there. Know, he can, he's got a cadence he can, that's... He can, he can put a flow together. Sure. All right. He's got songs that make you cry for many different reasons. Yeah. Nostalgic reasons, Castle on the Hill, or relational reasons other reasons so uh ed sheeran 
he checks a lot of boxes okay. for me. And you think that he would be, I understand you like him as an artist. You think he'd be like a fun sweet mate? Like yeah. you think- Big watch collector like myself, big okay. sneaker guy. I feel like there's a lot of things that we could probably relate to, you know, being being a child of immigrant okay. parents. <laughs> okay. Gary, this is a sweet party. This isn't a date. So it doesn't matter if you relate oh. to him. These are people you want to spend a football well, game with partying it up. So well, Ed Sheeran. Well, I'm just thinking if you can connect on an emotional level, you could probably connect on a party level. And I've seen him do shotguns, uh, shotgun beers with Luke Combs and not do it successfully. And if you know a lot about me. You can't drink at all. Exactly. Yeah. I'll send your husband politely to be like, hey, Omar, would you please go get me a Something with something, no. that's, something that's kind of sweet. Gary Streisky, <laughs> grown man and in his thirties, gave me the best line. I was late twenties back then. Okay, late twenties. Still, this that does not help your case. Oh, we all go out in Damn. Boston one night, <laughs> and my husband's like ordering drinks at the bar. You know, baby, what do you want? And he's like, Gary, what do you want? Gary says <laughs> a Malibu and pineapple. My husband was like, This is so funny. Without missing a beat, say it. I'm not gonna order that. <laughs> No, Omar was going bop bop, and it was bop, like bop, it was bop. like yeah, whiskey, blah blah blah, whiskey, whiskey. Let me get a tequila, da da da. And I was like, um, uh, pineapple. I'll take a Malibu and pineapple. Missing a bee. He's like, I'm not ordering that. I'm what not do you ordering want? that. You're a grown man. What else? It's, Pick a grown man drink, so sir. Funny. So anyway, Ed Sheeran. We would connect. Um, you get three more. I'm gonna tell you right. Okay, there's a lot of people I would want to invite. I, I know who would not want to come to my suite. Who would not want to be at your suite? You extend them an invitation. Oh, damn, you're going to hate this one. I would okay. invite Tom Brady. He seems like a cool chill these days. Come on. I don't hate it as much as I used to would have hated he it a few like years a ago. He's super chill hang right okay. now. And then, like, I just want you guys to know so far, Gary is only naming dudes. So he wants to have a full blown sausage party. There's no women involved. My girl, he can I have his dream fantasy suite and he's just picking men. Go ahead. Well, I assume my girlfriend's going to be there. It's a big suite. It's a big suite. Sure. I feel like I don't have to in extend the invite to her. Okay. Um. So I just assume she'll be gotcha. there. So it's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be Ed Sheeran. And let me think on the last one while you give me a couple of names. Okay. Because um, we can only invite invite three people. It's a small suite. It's a, it's, a budget well, friendly suite. It's a you're... budget friendly okay. suite. Got yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. You're in Taylor Suite and she only gave you four tickets. Understood. Yeah. So you have to bring your own. So they're um, already there. Yeah. The, her celebrity Perfect. friends are there. So Perfect. you're just adding to it. Beautiful. Which might be awkward with Ed and Taylor since there were yep, apparently a yep, thing back yep, in the day. pretty cool. But though. I don't know because I don't know anything. I would invite Jamie Foxx. I have had the fortune of partying with Jamie Foxx before. He is very fun. Seems like a cool ass dude. He's fun. He like inter. He's just the, he's an entertainer. Also, a viewer of SportsCenter Snapchat. Nice. Yes. Shout out Jamie. Shout out. Jamie. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I didn't really put too much thought into <laughs> I'm this. I'm going, and then I'm going comedic relief. I'm either doing Kevin Hart, uh, Theo Vaughn, or Shane Gillis. Okay. I know or, one or, of those. Or Nate Bargatze. Actually. Nate Bargatze. Okay. Comedian. Cool. He's so funny. All men still. We are well, really- because I'm assuming my girlfriend's already gotcha. there. Taylor Swift and her friends are there. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So you're providing all the men. Yeah. Perfect. I'm a matchmaker. Um, Dave Chappelle then. He'd be a riot. <laughs> yeah, I would yes. definitely inv invite Dave Chappelle. And then- That would be awesome. Yeah. I want to hang out in your suite. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to invite me, please. Jamie Foxx, Dave Chappelle. Awesome. All right, you can have one ticket. That's fine. Awesome, dope. And maybe Oprah, because we would want someone to pick up the bill. Yeah, true. But I would assume this is like all expenses paid anyway. Maybe. But 
Oprah could hook you up with the helicopter ride or a flight out. You uh-huh. could hop on the PJ. I'm not saying uh-huh. those other people aren't flying PJs. Yeah. I'm just saying the likelihood of her having a couple of available PJs to you. Sure, sure. It's Oprah. I'm, I'm an everyman. I'm taking the subway. Oh, okay. All right. I'm ta- and then I'm parking. Okay. I'm assuming they have good parking spots. So you and Ed Sheeran are just going to be on the subway, parking, well, hanging out I in the parking lot. The carpool would be kind of a nice situation. Maybe he can like sample me some new stuff. That'd be sick. That would be sick. <laughs> so that, in your mind, in your awesome fantasy, suite. it's just Ed Sheeran, like a little listening party where he's revealing new music to you. Selfishly, and, and this is going to be a peek behind the curtains here, uh, an, at an aforementioned uh, watch collector, big fan of horology. And I, I'm a big watch collector. I know people are going to start tuning out right about now. So yeah. I would love to just ask him about his, you know, like watch collections and stuff. And I'm going to stop talking about watches because I understand our audience. Yeah. Too long. Didn't listen, which is perfect. Damn it. It's Elle. time. <laughs> it's the Internet's favorite segment. Depending too on who you ask. Fair. Too long. Didn't watch NFL week four edition. This is good. I was so grateful for the Falcons Jags Toy Story broadcast for my kids, but also because watching Desmond Ritter throw multiple interceptions was just super cute when it was to a toy in Andy's room. (laughs) You don't need no quarterback. Get Ritter him. You don't need no quarterback. Get Ritter him. You know who's downloaded that song the most at ESPN? Jeremy Fowler. Every time he walks into the studio, he's singing that and he's dancing to it. Let's go. All right. Uh, Mac Jones' career as a member of the Minutemen Militia, unfortunately, will never happen because being able-bodied is a requirement. And yesterday, he was not able to get it to anybody (laughs) except the other team. Two interceptions pulled in the third quarter. 38-3. Biggest loss in Bill Belichick's history. Return of the Mac? No thanks. Return the Mac. (laughs) You got your receipt. The Bills scored on eight of their first nine possessions, a rout of the Dolphins, who were reminded that, yes, the Broncos' defense is just that bad. Uh, To quote, those guys, they were gassed. They really were. It was a long-ass drive. They hurried. They were hustling. Sounds more like a dad pulling over for his kids to use the bathroom than an NFL head coach with a chance to win a game on the road against the Eagles. But that's the reason Ron Rivera said he didn't go for two and the win. Subsequently, the Eagles won in overtime. My dad would never pull over on road trips. Like, my bladder was... Hold it. Yes. I'm like a dog. 15 hours, I can hold that thing. I don't want to test it. The Broncos, with an epic second-half comeback to beat the worst team in the league, the Chicago Bears, putting them now behind the Bears in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So even in a win, the Broncos can lose. That game was brutal. It was (laughs) abuse for the eyes. Going to a new area and situation that was worse off, adding more value, making everyone more money, bringing more attention to the situation. Some call that gentrification. I call it one of the best trades the 49ers have ever had. Christian McCaffrey. Four touchdowns, 177 yards from scrimmage. San Francisco was 4-0, and all they had to trade was three or four late-round picks to Carolina. Zach Wilson finally stepped up. Apparently, no one wanted to (laughs) up in front of Taylor Swift. (laughs) Even the refs were like, watch this. Watch. (laughs) Watch this. I'm going to throw this flag (laughs) with some authority. I'm about to make the highlight in this. All right. This is going to include some editing here. 
Joe Burrow, before becoming the highest paid player ever. Richie Rich. Yeah, Richie Rich, slicked back hair, yeah. looking good. Yeah, yeah. Joe Burrow, after becoming the highest paid player ever. And finally, DeMar Hamlin returned to actual game action. It doesn't just take guts to do that. It takes therapy and real work to cope with all the trauma. And I'm really proud of him for doing that really important work. So congratulations to DeMar Hamlin. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, we're not always petty on this broadcast. Yeah. see? <laughs> I find the Joe Burrow situation to be really interesting. You it's... joke about what happened, but... We kept giving them the benefit of the doubt for a while. Like, oh, they still know how to football, right? Like, what's happening? Um, and it is appearing as though the Bengals are broken. They are fractured, too. Uh, when they made the Super Bowl, they were one of the youngest teams, youngest offenses in the entire National Football League. They still are. And you would think that they would sort of grow and evolve into becoming more of a lethal weapon. Shout out Danny Glover. But they are not. And... It's starting to get ugly when you got a guy like Jamar Chase. These dudes won a national championship together. These guys go back to Death Valley together, and he's saying after the game, whether it was directly pointed to Joe Burrow, I'm always open. Yeah. Throw me the damn ball. I'm always open. Yeah. Well, the the bad part for Jamar Chase is that while he may always be open, so is the offensive line. Yes. They're always They're like, open. You want to come in? Okay. Have a seat at the table, friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Joe Burrow usually has the escapability to sort of, you know, make water do. down whatever sure. inefficiencies they've got on the O line. We not, saw that last year. Not with that calf. He's hurt. Not with that know? lower body uh, injury. He's hurt, so they're unable to do. You know, Correct. they're unable to. They're unable to protect him, and he's unable to protect himself. Yes. Um. And so it's really you're watching sort of the difficult part of trying to figure out if you're Joe Burrow. The next couple of weeks, I think they've got like the Seahawks and Cardinals, mm -hmm. right? You'd like to assume that both of those would be, at least one of those would be winnable without Joe Burrow. Then you've got to buy week seven, and then you play like the Bills and yes. somebody else hard, right? So you have to ask yourself if you're the Bengals. Do you sort of risk starting out the season two and four? Nobody's ever made a Super Bowl starting out the season mm -hmm. two and four. Or do you try and let them figure it out? This isn't working, Gary. So they really are in a, a tough situation um, and could potentially be sort of watching the season already slip away. Not just him, Joe Burrow saying, yo, we need T. Higgins. I need T. Higgins. I need every single weapon that I actually have out here. And Herm Edwards... I don't know if he was on your sports center, but he was on our sports center uh, recently in the morning. And that's effectively what he said is like, I'm sitting Joe Burrow because what's coming after the bye week is more important than what's happening. Now, your team, as presently constructed, should be able to handle teams like the Cardinals, right? Yeah. You don't want to re-aggravate or not have heal a calf injury because it's so important to push off that back foot in delivering those balls that we've seen Joe Burrow so consistently throw that he's not actually completing now. The Bengals are one and three. Fortunately, they have a little extra runway, right, with 17 regular season games, but it's it's getting late kind of early, right? It is. and But also, let me say this, the narrative, this is always a good reminder, too, whenever we undoubtedly dust off the, he got paid and look what happened. Players get paid for services already rendered. He got that money for what he already did with Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. 
Now he's starting over for his next contract, but he was paid for taking them and probably to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl when they were never supposed to be <laughs> yeah, there, right? They beat fresh the off, freaking Chiefs to get to the correct. Super Bowl. Coming fresh off an ACL, um, he's still a guy that yeah. consistently beats Kansas City. So let's not do that, right? Correct. He deserved the money. He should have got the money. We all knew he should got the money. This has nothing to do with that. But it's it's you know very quickly becoming uh, problematic for for yes. Cincinnati. One and three. Yikes. Problematic. Speaking of which, you said that there was a huge problem with some people that would never come into your suite and then you didn't pay that story off. Oh, well, not a problem um, with me per se. Oh, gosh. Wait, is it story time? It is story. It's story time. Okay. Which after listening to my last story, I'm like, dude, I'm a terrible storyteller. I go off on like tangents and stuff. Let me get into it. Yeah. 2018 NBA All-Star Game. We are in Charlotte. And I, I'm in the infancy of my ESPN career because mm-hmm. that was... No, 2019, because I started in March of 2018. So we're in Charlotte, NBA All-Star Game. I'm still just doing SportsCenter Snapchat, which I still love, I still watch, um, and I still host. But I'm trying to aggregate some post-Saturday night um, festivity interviews. Sure. It's Jamie Foxx, DJ Khaled, the Migos were there, Odell Beckham. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go holler at Odell Beckham, see if he wants to, you know, do a quick interview with me. Avi. I have the mic flag, which, by the way, walking around um, with an ESPN mic flag is effectively like having Thor's hammer. Yeah. You don't need a credential. If you have an ESPN mic flag anywhere, anytime. Just the water's part. Yes, that, mm-hmm. that is that is, yeah. that is the beacon that, that gets you in anywhere. So I, I, I get through the traffic of people because everybody's on, you know, how All-Star Saturday night, everybody pours out onto the court and it's just a big, you know, celeb fest and I'm cutting through traffic, you know, bumping shoulders with people. Meek Mill, I think I shoulder checked him accidentally, sorry. And I go up to Odell, I'm like, Odell, what's going on, man? And I had the mic flag, I'm like, dude, my name's Gary Streisky, I host Sports Center Snapchat, I was just wondering, cut me off mid-sentence, right there. And he goes, nah, man, you talk too much about me. And I was like, oh, damn, he watches. (laughs) Yo, he was like, nah, man. He was chill about it, you know, he had like, like, Nah, man, you talked to me about me. Kind of like that. It wasn't like mean yeah. or ill will, but I was like, oh my God. And that was one of the first instances I was like, yo, these dudes watch. Yeah. By the way, Sports Center Snapchat, million and a half, two million viewers a day. And a lot of our current professional athletes are heavy consumers of the program. So I was like, oh my gosh. So on one hand, I felt super embarrassed and like, sure. oh my gosh do I have beef with Odell Beckham? But in the other hand, I was super vindicated. Like, hell yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. watches the show. So in that same vein, and that's why Odell Beckham probably wouldn't come to my suite okay. if I invited yeah, him. Yeah, you talked to him. In that same vein, J. Cole is one of my favorite artists okay. of all time. And he was on the court, North Carolina guy. We were in Charlotte. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Let me see if I can. And he was performing that weekend. It's like, let me see if I can holler at J. Cole. Just talk about, you know, him hooping. I think he had just signed to play in Africa. Remember when he was playing pro ball? Yeah. Um, and I think he actually was like talking to Meek Mill. So I went up to him and I was with Amin Al Hassan, former colleague of ours. And he was like, yeah, man, go up to him and ask him. He set me up. Bro. He set me up. Because J. Cool, I've never been rejected in a cooler way ever. <laughs> okay. Same way. Yeah. I walk up to J. Cool and I'm like, J. Cool, what's up, man? I didn't go straight for the kill, right? I was like, J. Cole, what's up, man? But I had the mic flag prominently displayed. Sure. And J. Cole's tall. Yeah, he's a tall he, guy. He's a hooper. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. tall. So he was like, he kind of like looked down at me, right? And then we dapped up. He's like, oh, what's up, man? 
boom, dapped up. And I was like, holy shit, I'm in. Yeah. I was like, hey, what's up, man? Like in the middle of the dap, oh, I was yeah. like, hey, what's up, man? I was wondering if I could holler at you for Sports Center chat, Snapchat. He's like, oh, man, nah. <laughs> just straight up, just straight up, nah, man. And I was like, cool. cool. Can I holler at you tomorrow? Because it busy, it was Saturday night. And he was like, yeah, yeah, man, you know, get at me tomorrow, get at me tomorrow. I went at him the next day, Sunday, the All-Star game, on the court. Of course, he's going to remember me. Dapped him up. I was like, hey. J. Cole, man. Hey, I'm back. You remember me from yesterday? Yeah, it's me, like, the Polish guy from like, yeah, yesterday. me, the Polish guy. He's like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah, Nah, man, I'm not doing any media. <laughs> so on back-to-back -back nights, J. Cole rejected me, yeah. but like in the chillest way possible. Yeah. So after, again, half of me is dejected, half of me is elated. Like, yo, I dapped up J. Cole, but he like said no to me. I went up to Amin Al-Hassan and he goes, yeah, man, J. Cole's been like a homie of mine for years and he won't come on my podcast. He ain't doing your show. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro, you couldn't have told me that before I went and said, what's up to J. Cole? Oh, he wanted to watch yeah, he, you wallow. He wanted to watch oh, me. So, wow. so shout out to Amin. That was awesome. But I at least got to dap up on back-to-back -back nights, one of my favorite artists. So, you, yeah. so actually, that was cool. So J. Cole might, if I extend the invite, he might be down, but Odell ain't showing up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I like that, that Amin wanted to just watch you grovel. Yeah, he did. I think that J. Cole thought the first night that he rejected you. No way this poor kid He's comes like, back for more. Yeah, this dude ain't back. Yeah, and then you came back again and it was like, oh yeah, no, I'm literally not going to talk to you, yeah. so please leave me alone. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I like your- It was cool. Stick-to-itiveness. But listen, Elle, you know me, I'm gonna go back. Yeah. I got no shame. I'm always gonna go back. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna mm -hmm. get, mm -hmm. I'm gonna get it eventually. Yeah. Gary's been suckling that fame teat for a long time. Um, Before we and get I out of here- thirsty. Oh God. <laughs> There's trapping Gary. But again, that's what's so great about Gary and why he has such a healthy relationship. He only thirst traps men. So it's perfect. Damn. He only yo, invites them to his suite. I'm right here. <laughs> I can hear everything you're yo, I can hear I can hear everything she's saying. <laughs> she knows that, right? Um, by the way, before we close yes. um and give some thoughts. Damn. Uh, just want to say to everybody who is joining and listening and subscribing and telling people about the podcast slash YouTube show, we still don't really know what it is. Thank you. We appreciate you. It's been, it's, it's been awesome hearing the feedback, getting mm -hmm. the text, the messages, yeah. the people in the hallways, yeah. either agreeing or disagreeing. Totally. It's cool. Yeah. And because of that, because so many of you agree and disagree, uh, we will be reading some mean tweets on Thursday. Oh, I've always wanted to comments. do this. Yeah. I've always wanted to do this. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like Yo, a character flaw. I love when people talk shit to me. It like gets me going. Be careful what you wish for. I know. I shouldn't have said that. And this better be a teasable clip. Get those comments in the YouTube section. Like, we oh, I got you. You like this punishment? <laughs> Sit down. We promise we won't look ahead of time. <laughs> All right. We do want to end um, on a little bit of a serious note. Uh, horrible news yesterday. Mm. Sad news uh, that Tim Wakefield, the Red Sox Hall mm. of Fame pitcher, knuckleballer, yeah. former colleague of ours at sure. Nesson, passed away uh, at 57 years old. Way too young. <sighs> Way too young uh, with brain cancer. And um, I don't know. I, I know you spent more time with Wake than I did. We did have a few interactions um, working at Nesson, which for those of you that don't know, is the regional network, sure. home of the Red Sox in Boston. And that's where me and Gary met. And just when I think about Wake, I just think about someone who was such a nice guy. Mm so committed 
to helping the underdog because he yes. always felt like one. He was one. And loved his city and team so much. He loved the Red Sox. He did. And he would be the guy that like even behind the scenes, when he would talk about players that he loved, he would talk about why he loved them. And talent was part of it, but also just because he felt like they represented the Red Sox brand so well. Yeah. And it meant so much to him, the front of the jersey. So uh, just a, a really sad time. And I don't know, Gary. Two decades, um, effectively, as a member of the Boston Red Sox, two World Series. Mm -hmm. And it's a good indication of just what that person means when, unfortunately, you know, there's the outpouring of love and memories and recollection of even quick stories or people who were his teammates for so many years and and they share those with the masses just so people understand like the the loss that we have yeah. right? and that's exactly what happened um yesterday across social media um and I, I got to work with wake a couple of times but i'll never forget one of my first days at nesson the new england sports network was uh you know we used to huddle up before like the pregame shows and uh he he walked up and he was heading to the to the green room and this was still me like just getting to Ness and I'm thinking, holy smokes, that's Tim freaking Wakefield. Yeah. And then not but a couple minutes later, here comes trays, trays of Capitol Grill, <laughs> lobster mac, steak, lamb chops, whatever else Capitol Grill has. And it's just those gigantic aluminum trays and they just set them down right in front of us. Boom, 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 boom. Like 10 trays of food for all of us who were working on the news program, Nesson Sports Today, and they were just like, oh yeah, no, Wake just ordered you guys dinner. He just got you guys dinner from the Capitol. It was probably like $2,000. Yeah, and I don't even know what it was for. It, yeah. it seemed like it was just like a random Friday. Yeah. But he would just do that. Yeah. You know, and then head to the green room as if nothing happened. We yeah. would not even know it was known it was from him. Yeah. Had the delivery person or yeah. whoever it was not told us that. So I think that's just a, a small glimpse of the kind of guy he was. He was always there to help and support, but from behind the scenes almost, right? Like yeah. he would just he would just be there. The man professionally had a Hall mm -hmm. of Fame career. Yeah. And when people are talking about his legacy, it is secondary. Yes. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about Tim Wakefield. It's yeah. much more about who he was off the field than who he was on it, who mm -hmm. was spectacular. Uh, but just a great man who will be missed. And our thoughts are with his family and, and everyone that loves him um, so much. And we hope that he rests in honor the great Tim Wakefield. We'll see you guys on Thursday.